Flip, flip, flip it down. I've said that at least once a week since getting this phone. What's up, Playboy? We on? We rolling? We rolling now. Rolling, 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 rolling. All right. Well, if you guys, if you guys were wondering, the uh, the lock meme saga. Yeah. First of all, go back and listen to uh, what the episode we just released on one of the biggest internet sagas that you've never heard of. The Um, saga continues in that, sure enough, as intended, um, now it's become a real right wing, fucking angry circle jerk (laughs) of. Yep. People basically being like, this is fucking cancel culture. Um, it, it was wild. Some of the things. That were, uh, more memes are being posted. Someone. Oh, yeah. People are still yeah. dropping hot memes in there. One, in my guy, honor. one guy turned it into how this is an exact replica of how he was betrayed by the owner. If you guys don't know, the Cleveland Indians, as of this season, are now referred to as the Cleveland Guardians. Um, the Cleveland Indians had a super 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 racist mascot forever and it's been like literally like 60 years of like indigenous peoples being like yeah we're really like super not okay with that team especially that your stadium is built on like what used to be where we lived uh and they changed it to the guardians and people were outraged for like a day and now no one cares but like the people who do care like i went to a phillies game and i saw a dude decked head to gear in cleveland indians gear mm-hmm. in philly we, they weren't even playing the indians it was just like a political statement so this, mm-hmm. this guy was like this is exactly the type of shit that leads to them changing my believe it beloved cleveland indians into the fucking guardians bunch of coward <laughs> admins this guy is literally, long story short they brought baseball into it which yeah, is a huge huge, huge plus for, for me yeah and also just like a matter of like this guy sees this meme, this 24-hour meme battle as being, like, equivalent to what equated to, like, a half-century-long battle between indigenous peoples and, like, an antitrust-exempt fucking Major League Baseball organization. It's just fucking insane. So check that out in Shambhala, the Lost Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Um Wow. Yeah. It's There's reverberations happening, y'all. It's uh, still happening over there, so... You know that group might never be the same. Oh, it's it's indefinitely changed <laughs> for the worse. <laughs> All right, should we get this started? Yeah. You said you weren't going to do that anymore. You're going to scare yourself while you're driving. No, what I said was that I'm not going to talk anymore. I can gladly express hype for the theme music. So they say in the film industry that you do one for yourself, one for them. And today on the podcast and in the podcast in general lately, it's you do 10 for me and one for Dan Enden. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so today, um, look, and I know this about our fan community. Let me just say this up front is that there are clearly from the message boards, the subreddits, the letters that we receive in the mail, two different kinds of movie blues podcast fans. One that are more Dan Lyon centric and ones that 
like what I would call the Dan Enden verse. Uh, <laughs> these are indie-ish produced, late 90s cinema, um, like weird guitar, singer-songwriter music in the background. Folksy looks at an Americana through the lens of either skateboarding or in this case, fucking your own mom. Um, they're always like kind of of the same ilk. It's always kind of the same deal. Typically, nobody's ever seen them. And today, we're going to unpolish one of those um, poop-covered gems. And but that it's, is... it's also a common thread in that we just talked about Lost a lot. And really, I really got it taken to Jeremy Davies. Look, Jeremy Davies is a fucking national treasure. Yeah, of course. So, uh, doing anything about him now, like, I want people to He's upfront... part of the MBPCEU. This was integral. Yeah, I mean... And this movie was requested, actually, yeah. that we review this at the very, very what? begin beginning of the rental zone. By whom? Andrew Fisher. <clears throat> so you're telling me at least one person's going to listen to this? Yeah. I'm going to do featuring Andrew Fisher on the title. Okay. Um... So that's a that's a film industry participant, Andrew Fisher. Participant. Uh, um, so, um, uh, dude, Jeremy Davies. a sample that never gets old. I know. Seriously. Um, the, Jer- the, 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 the fucking juice to squeeze from that fruit is endless. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a long time. I actually, while we were talking in between episodes, made a new soundboard because I've been a little tired with some of the recent ones. But, but more. More is now A. <laughs> On the first page. I just want you to know that. And it's next to... Uh, um, so, uh, look. Uh, who is Jeremy Davies, if you do not know? Um, I got into Jeremy Davies... A lover of beauty. A singer of songs. Not only Lost, but um, simultaneously the film Solaris. That was my like big introduction to like autistic Jeremy Davies. Um, Google Jeremy Davies if you don't know who we're talking yeah. about. He's a very famous actor. He's been in un- untold uh, uh, amounts of properties. You would most likely know him as the chicken shit coward who does not go up the stairs to simply save right. Adam Goldberg from in being saving stabbed Private and saving Ryan. Private Ryan. Right. I mean, this guy has been, you know, they say about character actors, like, it's the true chameleon. This guy has literally been in so many famous movies and properties. And um, he's kind of like... Jeff Goldblum and Crispin Glover got into a DNA teleporter. Yeah, but somehow like infinitely less masculine than Crispin Glover. This guy has zero muscle tone. I believe he played Charles Manson in one uh, Manson movie. That tracks. Um, very strange actor. Um, and Daniel Faraday from Lost. Daniel Faraday from Lost. And this is a movie where he fucks his mom. Interesting. Wow, spoiler, way to bury the lead. There's no burying of the lead. That's like you, what you need to listen to this episode for is to track and watch us endure a movie in which a dude fucks his own mom. And that dude is one of our favorite yeah. <laughs> like idols of the podcast. <laughs> um, now, uh, from a director that I'm a big fan of. Thankfully, I'm going to defer to Dan for the next segment here and for most of this episode um, because he did this to me. And uh, Dan, why don't you tell us a little bit about your connection to this film? So, <laughs> um, when I was a young boy... Dan is masturbating right now, just so everyone knows. Yeah, that's why I was singing. Okay. They, they know. <laughs> is that not what you do? <laughs> Go, go on. I'm like, oh, fuck, you're going to make me come. <laughs> um, when I was a young boy. Uh-huh. I mean, your best friends do it. Uh, the mailman does it. The science was even the headmaster. They all whack off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What was that uh, disclosure, right? Yeah, sure great, was. Great quote. Thank uh, you, Michael Douglas. Yeah. 
Um, I would go to. They all whack off. Dude, you need to let me answer your question. <laughs> um, I've been drinking scotch and I'm, I'm like putting the mental effort into keeping the yeah, common yeah, yeah. thread in what I'm saying. I hear you. Um, <laughs> when I'd go to my dad's every other weekend, uh-huh. um, he had digital cable before my primary household had digital cable. And I want everybody to listen really close to this story because this is going to be full of Dan End and pathos. Oh, yeah. This is like... This is classic Dan This Anden. is classic, like, why trauma. I am who I am. Complete trauma. Like... Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat me to grind. <laughs> um, okay, go ahead. So I'd go, I'd go to my dad's every other weekend. He had digital cable, um, but... A lot of times he was in sales, so he would be working for oh one of those God, days. Oh my God, that is exactly like the character in this movie, too. I, I know. I actually didn't even pick that up until. Like, oh no. So, dude. No, th- this is. I feel like you're trying to. You're, you're expecting no, this not, to go I'm in not, a direction I'm letting that it happen. it's not. I'm letting it happen. So, so here, here's the deal. Yeah, so, right. he got digital cable. I was very enamored by it. Um, and I was there. And in the summers, because uh, my mom worked, I would stay there for extended period of time, periods of time, like weeks mm. at a time. And he worked a lot. So I was just like, all right, digital cable, here's my options. Like, I, I'm i constantly going to Hollywood video and having my fucking goddamn, my creativity and my desires stifled by not being allowed to rent what I want. Mm. What my dad cannot figure out is how to set up the parental controls on the digital cable. Got his ass. So this is a world where I figured out the interface like my dad didn't understand digital cable he didn't understand what on demand was mm. in his mind like if we wanted paper, the 90s blind if spot. we wanted pay-per-view oh i don't know how that porn got on the computer I would have it's to, a virus he lived he came from a world where if you wanted to order pay-per-view you would go to the pay-per-view channel a phone number would be on the screen you would call that number and be like hey we consent to pay you money to watch this movie right and then you would wait and hope they did it so I started exploring digital. This is the same way I ended up watching the entire series of Sex in the City when I was in eighth grade, which is that I would go through digital cable and pretty indiscriminately look for anything that under the parental advisory thing, it would say like contains nudity. That was my goal. I was looking for nudity all the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know. Sometimes that would manifest in me going into HBO on demand right. and watching the entire series of Real Sex. Oh, so, don't some, even. Sometimes I don't want to. I don't want to admit anything. So, too sometimes weird. that would manifest in me going into HBO on demand and watching the entire series of uh, shock videos. Mm. Sometimes that would manifest in me going into the Cinemax on demand and watching the entirety of like Red Shoe Diaries and mm. watching like softcore. Uh, uh, all right, you don't have to list so, your entire spank right. bank. So, but I was home alone a lot, and I didn't know anyone there. So what I was doing was watching movies for going on. Like you'd probably think, like fourteen <laughs> hours a day, I'm watching okay. movies. Um, and then I would get to a point where I had felt like I had watched all the movies that I knew about that didn't cost money. That was my dad's whole thing: was like, don't charge more money to the account, right? Because for the listeners as well. Keep in mind, these are Jewish people we're talking about. Right, right. right. But but also Jewish people who are willing to shell out for the complete digital cable package at that you point. Get he's what like, you pay for. He's like, I pay for Cinemax, HBO, Showtime, and Stars at your request. Like, there's plenty for you to watch. Like, you don't need to order movies. Mm. And I was like, that's fair. So, like, in this travel, this is like a world where I was like, 
I don't know what a clockwork orange is, but it says it contains nudity, so I'm gonna watch that. That True. ends up being the the origin story that turns me into film in general. I mean, that's where most of your podcast choices are spawning from. Clearly, is just you're spending pink. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I would end right. up in situations where I'm like Clockwork Orange. Okay. Okay. Well, the only time there's nudity and this is during a rape scene. This is okay. really unsettling. Uh, oh. But I discovered a movie. <laughs> now I discovered I like movies. Right. So then that turned into like I I discovered disproportionately. That nudity was listed as an option on Sundance Channel mm. options. So that's how I started watching indie movies. I was just watching oh all God. of these indie movies that featured nudity. Please just fast forward to this movie. So I get to a movie. I'm scrolling one day and it says spanking the monkey. <laughs> and I go, I've heard that phrase before. Right. Surely this contains nudity. Yes. Uh, so It did not. So I, I open it. Was there a single titty in this it, movie? It says, no. It says partial nudity. Yeah, and I'm not a, really, at, though. Well, you can see through the mom's bra at one point. Yeah, that's hardly even partial nudity. Yeah, but... Partial nudity used to, in the 90s, refer to a buttocks. Right. I I wasn't... I wasn't. Which are, I at least wanted to see Jeremy Davies' cheeks. I wasn't being choosy, Dan. Gotcha. I was just... I know, you're mining for gold. It's kind of like how you're you, finding your how you absorb the entirety of like a franchise or like a genre picture. Like right. I was absorbing anything that in which I might see a nipple. Right. Because I was 13. Um. So sure, been there. Yeah. So I get to this movie Spank on the hunt. Yeah, I get to this movie called Spanking the Monkey. I'm like, mm. that sounds dirty. This is probably like an American Pie. That's what jokes I on you, yeah. Dan. What I was expecting. It what, was an incest parable. Yeah. What I was expecting was an American Pie situation. And what you got is an edible and a completely. Was it edible? Edible, like Oedipus. A pet. A, yeah. Edible. 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 Yeah. I said edible. Yeah. You got an edible night nightmare. I mean, this movie was scrumptious. <laughs> um, You're fucking... <laughs> no, so... God. So I see Spanking the Monkey. I'm like... Yeah. And it was listed... I'll never forget this because it was listed as a comedy. Mm. And the bottom said partial nudity. And I was like, oh, this will be like American Pie, like a sex romp. I'm down to watch this. Mm -hmm. um, so I put on Spanking the Monkey... I see Jeremy Davies. I'm like, oh, this is the guy from Saving Private Ryan. That intrigues me. This had to be before um, then, no? No. Really? Well, the movie was from then, but me oh, watching right. you the watching movie it was your well TV. after. I was seven when right. Saving Private Ryan came out. This was when I was like 13. I forget you're younger than me. Um, and I had known... Uh, I had just watched uh, I Heart Huckabees. It was right when I Heart Huckabees came out. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. Great movie. Because I love Jason Schwartzman. So I was like, this is that director who made that movie. And we have an actor I know. That's rare on the Sundance channel. And there's probably going to be boobs. I'm on board. Let's check out Spanking the Monkey. Uh, the movie starts out very slow in a way that you would expect like a 13-year-old to not be wanting to watch. But luckily I had been at that point watching mostly like clerks so like yeah i i'm gonna say up front that this movie has a lot of end in bait it's even it's like opening title crawl is over like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, weird sour mm -hmm. guitar mm -hmm. indie rock music um and watching it watching it yesterday man that score is Bad. It's very Endonesque, yeah, I would say. Yeah, it's mall rats adjacent. It's very Kevin Smith's composer, whoever yeah. that guy is. If I bet if we were to look it up right now, maybe it would be actually yeah, him. For real. Um 
Look, there's an aesthetic that Dan latched onto with certain properties. It's like indie, late, mid to late 90s, sad boy, see yourself in the protagonist even though you'd never be anything like him type of like... Yeah, a coming of age situation. Coming of, yeah, coming of age definitely is always part of it. Yeah. Even in grind. And there always has to be like some... Well, not with grind, but there when, it, came, when it comes to indie flicks, there's always has to be something transgressive about it. Something oh, hundred percent. Yeah, that and was the, that was what I really latched onto early. Was like, this is not what they're supposed to put in movies. This um, is classic Dan. Yeah. I mean, like literally, like it, and, and it had been so long since I've seen <laughs> an end in first movie that like it caught me off guard. Like I started it and was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Because I thought it was going to be more like um, Cameron Crowish, like just an, like an almost famous vibe. Yeah, just like folksy, goofy. Right. This was like not that. Like Kevin Smith was like the story consultant or something. It was like gross. <laughs> it made me feel bad. Yeah. Um. So cut. So cut to cut to. Uh, summer before eighth grade me right i'm watching this picture and i'm like all right there's a pretty early on there's some juvenile humor there's a lot of scenes of jeremy davies jerking off um, i'm like i relate to that i bet you did um there's a lot of like hey like my friends are like smoking pot i related to that it was a movie that if you told me or if it started out with the title crawl that said somewhere in new jersey I would be like, yeah. That, yeah. That the first works. 10 minutes, I was like, this is going to be like dazed and confused. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was the vibe I distinctly remember watching. And then it's right. It's I mean, if you, know, if you knew nothing about this movie right. walking in. Because keep in mind, I didn't read the plot line. I read the actors, the director, and to? if there was nudity. I did not read what it was about. The and that is plot. crucial. I need to make clear that I was not seeking out a movie with this plot at that age. Well, dude, you wouldn't have. Because like this is the only movie to ever, in my mind do this i've never seen this before <laughs> yeah i've never and neither did i and neither had i then <laughs> i've never seen a movie where a dude fucks his mother i just haven't yeah uh can you think of one no and the way that like they, the edible complex and, and the way is a that they thing. approach it is fucking like it's not only like done as like right as like uh, like oh no this is gross it's like they try to like make you be like titillated by it the thing is, like, the Oedipal Complex is something that comes up in fiction as a criticism or a observation mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah, put that on the other table, man. And the thing about it is just, like, that is used as a Freudian idea yeah. of, like, it's like oh, subtext. you're thinking about your mind. It's subtext. Yeah. This movie, it's never the text. <laughs> this movie is, like, a Dateline episode where a kid fucks his mom. There's yeah, no a deeply troubled Jeremy Davies has a tryst with his mother because he's big sad. There's no <laughs> other elements really to this. Yeah, movie. that's the plot of the movie. The plot of the movie is that Jeremy Davies fucks his mom. Yeah, that's if and you, if you ask someone who's seen Spanking the Monkey, right? What's that about? Like, oh, there's yeah. all these there's B right, right. there's B plots there's background as to why jeremy davies is so discontent very light though um there's there's light like character development of like sure. what a genius he is like shadow shades of daniel faraday yeah we can get into all but that. if you ask a person hey did you ever see spanking the monkey and i did i did some googling right i, I searched for spanking the monkey film reddit looking for reddit threads about it and most of them were on r slash howard stern 
of people being like, who's seen Spanking the Monkey? And then 100 comments being like, ha, kid fucks his mom in that movie. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? He did. Fuck his mom. He does. <laughs> Here's the thing. Let's get, okay, let's. Let's get down to business here, because like we could talk about David O. Russell's career. I guess let's let's do a brief aside on that. Like yeah. I'm a tremendous fan of his work. Oh yeah, same. Massive. A lot of it I haven't seen in a long time. I haven't seen I Heart Huckabees in 20 years. Almost. Really? Oh yeah. But, I Heart Huckabees is that one of those like regular rotation changed movies. Changed. We should my, watch it for the podcast. My movie. That movie changed my. You life. should see the various ways it doesn't hold up because they are hilarious. I'm sure it's your, like very early 2000s. Your like, Mark Wahlberg cringe. impression is like. Oh, I love him in that. That movie. is like peak Mark but, Wahlberg in that movie. But they make they make a fool of him in oh, that yeah. movie, which that, is that's what. And he was and one dude, of the I first directors to, to ever do that. And I, I went into uh, when I was doing research for this reading. I was reading a lot of subreddits of uh, like there's like a subreddit I'm subscribed to called R slash True Film, where they'll do mm. like weekly discussions of directors and everyone. Dude, it was wild. Every post would be like spanking the monkey, amazing, Three Kings. 10 out of 10. I Heart Huckabees was a piece of shit. And I'm like, what? Three Kings is not a, a perfect movie. No, but it's... A, it's it's fairly strong. It's, I think... It's kind of him doing a Steven Soderbergh. I think it's Soderberg. in his top three. Oh, When's the last time you watched Three Kings? I mean, I've seen Three Kings many, many times. And like when I saw it, I saw it Three Kings in theaters. Okay. The um, Three Kings was the first movie I ever ordered on pay-per-view. And... But there's if you something, watch it as an adult, there's there's something off satire in that movie that I did not realize when I was younger. Oh, that yeah. is genius. Yeah, I mean it's very self aware movie. Yeah, but also there's something like in its moment about Three Kings that even when I saw it at the time, I was like, Ugh, I don't know. I mean, like in that time, I think like other movies like Jarhead had more of a stronger reaction for me than mm. Three Kings in terms of like fringe military stories that yeah, were like Jarhead subversive wasn't, Jarhead and Jarhead wasn't like as big of like a criticism of like it absolutely American was. policy oh for sure was as that's the whole kings. point is Jarhead yeah well they don't come out and say it like they do I mean they literally have comedic relief in Three Kings mm -hmm. uh, to handle all of that stuff Jarhead is very serious but it's super critical the bleakness of Jarhead is is like apocalypse now level of like wow fuck this um yeah but that that's like that's like commentary not like three satire. kings is satire. a little trashy three kings is like satire i would say three kings is the most mainstream david o russell movie it was shot like a michael yeah. bay movie yeah it yeah. looks like shit it's not the best movie he's made N i don't know no. if i'd put it in his top three maybe maybe number four okay i i mean i really like um I Heart Huckabees. That's always like yeah, number one. Yeah, I Heart Huckabees is me. number one for me. But it's by like far. Fight Club where I, I've taken a long break from it because I watched it thousands of you times. You should revisit it. I'm uh, going to. I own it. I, it's it's not like I'm ignoring it. I just, you know. I don't think there's been a year that I haven't watched I Heart Huckabees since it came out. Yeah, and I mean, Naomi, it's been. Especially since this podcast, I really enjoy watching Naomi Watts in that movie because she is immaculate. That and things like Virgin Suicides are yeah. movies that I just adore. Yeah. But I'm not ready to rewatch quite yet yeah and fight club as well fight club i've decidedly taken like a 10-year break from because i am tired of like just like running my head through it i just want it to be a new experience the next time i watch it and i think i'm within a year or two of watching fight club and it being like a completely new movie to me yeah uh these are all things that i watched in the beginning of shutdown when i was like the first time in years i'm like i'm gonna go to my dvd collection and see what's going on and i was like really going through shit 
Can you imagine if I did the same thing with mine? There are so many movies I've neglected that I've thought I would come around to in this massive tome in front of you. Like, a, yeah, there are things that are like on the back burner by the hundreds at this point. It's crazy. I mean, realistically, like my DVD amount is, I'd say the same as this, but you have more upstairs. Uh, so I have so many things that I just haven't seen in fucking years. Yeah, same. and. But, like, there are ones that I go back to all the time. Like, there's ones when we go to the Poconos and we know we're not going to have Wi-Fi. There's, like, a go-to stack that I buy, bring, and it always has I Heart Huckabees in it. Because that movie doesn't get fucking old to me because Jude Law's American accent in it is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it is. And just Mark Wahlberg getting hit in the face with, with a, the like fucking, a, oh, a, a God. ball. Yeah, and fucking... Midnight. I don't even remember what it's about, honestly. I, I, mean, don't, I don't remember the plot trappings of it. I could tell you every aspect of that movie it's better to just watch fucking I prefer not. dustin hoffman and lily tomlin in that movie oh are, i forgot yeah fucking, they're the they're like the doctors they're like the invest they're philosoph yeah they're like the philosophical investigators yeah. very genius movie. that movie is so good uh um, what, what else, what, what else do you like from him uh I, I loved american hustle you did not i did not like american hustle that was the first of his efforts that i you ready for the biggest dance i've never seen like in the history of this podcast what's that the fighter i've never seen silver linings playbook Really? Never. I saw Silver Linings Playbook. I don't know what my aversion was to it at the time. I think maybe it's, a little bit of Jennifer it, it Lawrence. Too hard, too close to home. <laughs> yeah, it's about like mental illness in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, um, it just looked playbook. like sappy to me. It it is sappy. I don't like sappy dramas. Yeah, it, I just don't anymore. It's, it's a little it's a little sappy. I would say that was one that I went into expecting to really dislike. Uh, I'm not really a Bradley Cooper fan. Um, I am. And Silver Linings Playbook is, it's one of those movies that I think it's a very strong movie, but it is still overrated. Like, people rate Silver Linings Playbook as, like, a 10 out of 10, but, like, it is, like, a solid 7.5, 8 out of 10. It's a very good movie. Dude, the fighter, though. Yeah, the fighter. The fight is fucking strong, dude. Yeah, quality film. I love that movie a lot. Yeah. Huge movie. Yeah, really good movie. That and The Wrestler, I think, are two of the finest sports movies in the past, like, 20 years, basically. Yeah, I think The Wrestler I fucking love is the probably wrestler. better. Oh, yeah, for sure, than The Fighter. But yeah. The Fighter is fantastic. Yeah. I've only watched it once. Yeah. But I watched it and was like, hell yeah. I saw it in theater. Christian Bale, yeah. hell yes, dude. The Wrestler is... Boston so accent the wrestler is what, on Mickey crack. Rourke. What's that? The Wrestler is what, Mickey Rourke? Yeah, Darren yeah, that Aronofsky. one's way better. Yeah, anything from Darren Aronofsky is going to be more elevated than David O. Russell. But David O. Russell's got a flavor of his own. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like the cross-section between maybe a couple different, like, folk Americana late 90s genius auteurs. Um, yeah. He's surely better than Kevin Smith in every regard. Oh, yeah. He's, like, one of the he's people... He's got, like, Linklater vibes. Well, he's... Yeah, absolutely. Linklater, like, he, he's got... He's in that class that Kevin Smith was in until he wasn't. Mm -hmm. And then everybody surpassed him, and he became, like, a joke. Anyway, um, just remarkable. Today's that, movie. Remarkable that this was his first picture. Today's like Kevin Smith's first picture was Clerks, right. which like okay, I'm well, I'm gonna of go. Of course, out. a career bloomed from that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go out there on a limb easily, right up front. In that, in terms of 90, 90s auteurs, I don't care who you name from Quentin Tarantino and beyond. This is one of the worst first efforts imaginable. <laughs> That anybody made it through this. That anybody funded this yeah. is like they should be investigated. Yeah, absolutely. It's probably like Harvey and Bob. This Watson. movie was also like in my research was like a financial su success, like a box office success and a critical success. 
Nice. Dan just caught my vape from a very far distance. Played catcher. Na- uh, nicotine vape. Um. <laughs> no, but I'd like that as well. Uh, oh, for Dan's boss listening right now, who somehow is listening to the episode about the movie. Where nope, we, dude nope, my office fucks is in, his mom. <laughs> my office is in Jersey. Weed's legal, bro. <laughs> somehow this is the cutoff. No, I don't have the job. Fucking your mom's not legal. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> look, this movie's about fucking your mom. And, and but at, it's also about, you know, nope. going to college. No. <laughs> no, this movie's about one thing. And yeah. That's, that's what are the situations in which you could. This movie was like a classic. Like this feels like shades of Ari Aster making the fucking short film about the kid fucking his dad. Of like, mm. how can I make this compel? Like, how can I make this? That is so much more compelling than one than what happened in this movie. Agreed. But by, th- by this, a this is degrees. twenty years earlier of a guy being like, I wonder. Just it, oh, for it's just like, quick it's, pause though. Like for for what Dan Enden is talking about. There's something about the Johnsons from Ari Aster, uh, from Hereditary and Midsommar fame. Look it up right now on YouTube. It's a free 20-minute uh, movie that he kind of got his career kick-started on. It is kind of what this movie tried to almost do, but like yeah. 10,000 times better in, in way less time. Yeah, um, but it, I get the vibes of like a college film student being like, What's the most taboo thing I can do? Right. Yep. Um, and can I oh, make the word college was on my mind yeah, many like, times. You know what would be real taboo? A dude having a relationship with his mom. Can I make it sexy? And that'll be Can I make it sexy is where I fell off the boat. Right. Because the indie vibe was kind of betrayed by the actual sexiness of what happened. Like, look at Happiness, right? Happiness right. is a movie that went out right. of its way right. to be like, let's get disgusting. Let's be fucking weird. This isn't a thrower. This is a grower. You have to come over. We're trading vapes now. Sorry. Um, happiness is a movie that is like clearly meant to be disgusting and taboo and controversial but it doesn't glorify anything if anything it'll make you like never want to jerk off ever again it's transgressive for the sake of making you feel uncomfortable because all the situations are uncomfortable whereas this movie is like here is something equally as taboo but let me see if i can manipulate the viewer using film techniques well enough Hmm. that they do you think are, that was really the goal though i do i i do I is thought, that what he said in interviews or something or? no it's just dude i saw this movie when i was 14 and it really fucked me up okay. and i've spent 20 years thinking about it look like, this brings us to the central issue of this movie which is that what does any um movie from that period of time in this indie market with a college age high school age male character actor type performance want to achieve and that is bringing you into the body mindset and brain of the protagonist now this movie wants you to relate to and sympathize with jeremy davies when he is the worst character (laughs) now i texted dan like a clip from my notes that said thank god i didn't see this as a teenager because this was the kind of thing as a teenager that was directly appealing to me uh, whether it's Fight Club or beyond, in, in introspection into the male pathos as an adult, as a rising adult, stuff like that was very resonant, obviously, to a man or to two men, Jewish men, in the tri-state area. And what it boils down Jersey to represent. is that this movie put me in a position where I had to consider fucking my own mom. And I don't appreciate that. Yeah, but I do feel that was the goal of the movie. 
But what kind but the of question is? No, why? I, I, I don't agree with you unless you've read that that he said that I don't agree with you there. And Max Freeman right now, it's Dan vaping. It's not me doing excessive vaping. I'm trying to mute my signal. You could just bring it to me. Just bring it to me. We're doing this. This is a bit now. The trading of the vapes. It's like the passing of the Olympic torch. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. Um, God, nicotine's so good. Why do I always quit it? I don't know. You're such a pussy. <laughs> it's insane. Um, for a guy who owns so many guns. Um, <laughs> um, hey, well, I own a reasonable amount of guns. You should at least smoke cigars every once in a while. I, I do. Mean, there we go. See? Josh Boyer and I went on a... <laughs> on brand. On brand. Josh Boyer and I went on a train ride through the Pennsylvania hills with a cigar and whiskey tasting. <laughs> Why are you gay? Why are you gay? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you anticipated it is really next level so you know season six which is never going to happen season five by the way is infinite um will include better clips but for now this is what we're working with um why are you gay um there's a, a clip, i love cigars for the record there's a clip later in that video where he goes to the transgender woman he's interviewing in Uganda, he goes, but why choose to be gay? <laughs> Which I think next season I'll get into that one. Um, I would I would prefer if you didn't. Yeah, I know you would. <laughs> You'd prefer if I didn't do a lot of things that make this podcast fucking amazing and has no listeners. Um, Young Jeremy Javies is like a Wish.com Crispin Glover. Um, he is trying to fuck his mom the whole movie, but he's also trying to get into some kind of medical job. And he's also trying... One, the movie. One thing I appreciated from like a like a 80s, 90s, like David Cronenberg-ish, Cronenberg feel is like, everyone's like a doctor in this movie. Oh, yeah. Even the person in the neighborhood yep, whose yep. daughter, yeah. uh, Jeremy Davies, almost rapes. A lot Davies of, a lot of white middle classery in this movie. There's a lot of doctors going on, gonna go out there on a limb and think that David O. Russell's like mom or dad was a doctor. Right. Um, my, my biggest thing that I've always wrapped my head around with this movie is is what... I You asked me, do I really think that's what David O. Russell's intention is with the film? Right. And I've landed on it has to be that because the only alternative is for me to think very horrible things about David O. Russell. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which, like, no, no. Okay, and here's what I'm going to ultimately say about this movie is that not that David O. Russell wanted to fuck his own mom, not that David O. Russell wanted you to think about fucking your mom, more that I think the take here was just what you had already said before you made a further conclusion, which is just David O. Russell thought to himself as a college age like indie filmmaker, what's taboo? Yeah. And it could have been anything. This could have been a movie about him fucking a sock for the whole movie. It could have been a movie about him fucking the dog. A hundred percent. And the way they, the way it was more an indie coming of age, folksy, uh, Garden State esque right, boys coming right, home right. to his weird community type of situation, and you can and tell it's written by someone of that age and that lack of completely. introspection. Like all because, in the because dead really, universe. all of the way that the that the pathos is shipped for this movie for like the exposition is Pretty like juvenile because it, it, it's it's thirty <laughs> minutes before anything happens, right? And I time checked that it was exactly thirty one minutes. The first thirty minutes, what your setup is. Jeremy Davies is really smart, but his parents can't afford to send him to the college that he can get into. So he's frustrated. He has to come take care of his sick mom at home. 
and the real issue he's dealing with in life is that he can't jerk off in peace. Every time he tries to jerk off, the dog barks and keeps him from jerking off, which, by the way, as, a, as an experienced person who's jerked off for numerous years, you can get past that. Um, yeah, for real. Like... Where's I just phone? also he has a bedroom. I don't know why he insisted right, right. on jerking the, off and the situation, in, in the bathroom. So it's basically presented as a world where because Jeremy Davies is so backed up with malcontent and semen, yeah. also that with he his acts life, like a complete his fucking job that he's not allowed to do because his parents yeah. need him to take care of his mom who's injured. It's it's such it's like presented as like you can tell it's that 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 immature like college age mindset of like yeah. oh woe is me like life's so fucking hard, but this is taken to the extreme of like oh I can't release my jizz. So like, therefore, I'm going to like try to like assault, sexually assault young girls, and my mom, whom I'm here caring for because she's deathly ill. Like I need, like she, I saw her in the shower one time, and she asked me to put lotion on her one time. So I'm gonna like just like, fucking take her raw doggy style. <laughs> Six words, Dan, that I couldn't get out of my head. Okay. This entire film, and that's that's where you came from. Yeah. I just kept thinking, that's where you came from. Yeah. You don't fucking nut in where you came from. Well, we don't know that he didn't pull out. Listen. God. if she, All right. Here's here's my biggest problem with this movie, besides <laughs> it being a war crime and boring, is that I, and I have to confront you on a variety of things, I think, right now, too, as well, which would be like, I implicitly texted and tested you for this movie. Okay. I was like, if we're going to do this, because I have a very clear cut vision about what kind of movies we should be doing right now. <laughs> but if we're going to do this, I need you to pre-watch the entire thing and tell me that it's sick. Okay. And you were like, all right, we'll do throwing it on now. And you were like, damn, the, you know, there's some waiting in between the fucked up elements but ultimately, this is fucking crazy. Like, you'll be levitating like Saeed over the pyramid. Yeah. And I was like, okay, dope. Yeah. But then, Dan, the next day, I texted you when I began my second session of this film. And you sent me a text of you watching this film. Yes. And where you were in the film, there was easily over a half an hour left. Yeah. Because where anything when... could have happened. No, but. Good when... or bad. Yeah, but I had watched more of it, but when you told me where you were in the movie, I rewound. I wanted to be, like, doing it with you so I could be getting your reaction. Oh, I'm trying to attack you, and you're going to say something all cute like that? Damn it. it was Why like, are you gay? It was like a live watch. Damn you. So you're saying you went back. Yeah, because so the first time when I, when you told me to pre-screen it, it was the middle of the workday, so I was like, I have multiple monitors. But then wait, you're saying the still that you sent me yeah. of the hand in the shower yeah. that said horror movie vibes. Yeah, yeah. I had already seen you had already seen and you went back to yeah because here's the situation i have multiple monitors going right, on for work okay. so, so what i was doing I, i'm readjusting my anger right all now. right so it's what hard I, for me so i have three monitors for work right and i had the movie going on one monitor but that means like that was me doing like a pre-screen while i'm working this was my opportunity to watch it on my television with like my setup and like actually like really fucking watch the movie i had already gotten to the point where i was like i know what degree this movie goes off the rails to i'm good with that I had gotten basically to the point where he fucks his mom. Right. And I was like, we're good. We're good. This is a movie. 
for the podcast. And then I right. And but, then I was like, all right, I'm dear gonna listener, save keep the, in mind. I'm gonna save the rest of this. He for fucks when his I, mom when about halfway through the movie. Uh, two thirds. Two thirds is a stretch. No, it I it it's not. It was two thirds. Two thirds feels like a stretch. Okay, I'm pretty sure it was. It was like 40 minutes it, into an it, hour and 40. No, no. It, it's like it's like 55 minutes in. We're going to have our editor look into this. Go ahead. It's I, I checked. I was checking. He was checking. <laughs> <laughs> checking when he fucked his mom. There was a lot of movie left afterwards is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and what occupied the rest of the movie was not much. That's where I, I jumped off the boat with this Not movie. much, but there is the scene. Can you imagine so the depths there, there, you could have gone to? Yes. To make this movie actually sing in that second part. Right. Once he fucks his mom, listen, when he fucked his mom, it was like a, an atomic bomb going off in the movie. It's and about, in my life. It's about watch what happens to that character. Because it, it, what I found engaging about the movie and thought would be interesting for the podcast is that the movie itself is so fucking abhorrent. Uh-huh. But there are aspects of it that are like that are like really fucking impressive, particularly when it comes to Jeremy Davies performance of the way he is handling things after fucking his mom. Like just his general <sighs> his his face the morning after the first time, like his post coitus face. I was like, all right, I could see why a director who was not making the most fucked up movie ever would see how he's a compelling actor and like. I, uh, I, I, then it, it transitioned to a part where he, uh, (laughs) what I really got hung up on was that there's a subplot where every time he calls his dad, who's away on business, his dad has like a naked chick in the background. So, so that we know as the viewer that his dad is having an affair while being an asshole. Some kind of weird, weak justification. Right. And and that, Dan, that to me is the crux of the whole movie. That is the thing I cannot get past. That really made my imagination run wild was the aspect that like someone at some point during the crafting of the story had to be like, we need something to soften the blow of the fact that the wife is cheating on the dad Mm. with her son. Let's make it so the dad is cheating on his wife. Cause that'll make this more palatable, and that's what I kept thinking. This whole movie was every even after he fucks his mom, right? And he's on the phone with the dad, and you're like, God, this guy is really in a fucked up situation. They're still trying to make you not sympathize with the dad by the fact that he's cheating as well. I just feel there's like- a constant like, well, what about the fact that the dad's cheating? And that's what has had switches this from being yeah. like an introspective indie pick to being like a really fucking interesting like. Like peek into justification for fucking your mom. Peek into someone's psyche who is fucking insane. Maybe. I don't know if I. Or I'm wondering if there's a studio note that was like, uh, they're not studio note. Like a a studio (laughs) note that was like, this isn't going to be palatable to folks unless the dad also sucks. Hmm. Well, maybe that is true. Maybe. Someone along the way was like, you know, you need to kind of balance this out a little bit because if the dad is nice, then it's just cruel. right. That so that the makes only sense, reason but... for that to exist in the movie is to balance something out. They but also it just make him doesn't. a huge dick for the same reason, right? They make him a tremendous asshole. There's not only no need to as keep... a cheater, but he's like mentally, physically, and emotionally abusive yeah. to Jeremy Davis. There's constant efforts to make you not sympathize with the dad, which by default that makes you 
more okay with what's going on in the household. It doesn't serve any other intended purpose, and I think that is one of the strangest movie decisions I've ever seen in my life, Dan. Gross. Um, so some some notes. Yeah. You want to share mean, some I mean, notes? Do you not agree with me that that's one of like the strangest filmmaking decisions ever? I think it's just my my blockade is just that it's a movie that wants that. And I just wanted them to commit to something more. Dude, it's perpetually... Once he fucks it's his mom. It's perpetually softening and forgiving Jeremy Davies sure. for fucking his mom. And then... And then, then not really. And I then mean, trying, trying to murder her. Yeah. And then that's given a pass. It's this not mo- given a pass. It's very this, disturbing. This movie is toxic. The problem is that, like, once he fucks his mom, from everything that happens after that is him, like just kind of spiraling yeah like not in a way that produces anything it's honestly in terms of like earlier in the season you said like malignant got really um repetitive and i felt like the last third of this movie was a grown man trying to kill himself for fucking his mom and it just got like to the point where we're doing multiple suicide attempts and i just felt like there were more dramatic things to be mined from it than him just having kind of like a low-key breakdown about it. Right. I think it could have been handled in a funnier, smarter, Agreed. edgier. That's that's part of it just my was whole too, thing. It was too mediocre for me. There's no flotation moment other than him when he first fucked his mom. Probably the hardest visceral reaction I've had this entire season. So thankful for that. But as an overall experience, like it was a bad, it, it was like a poorly made movie. The yes. audio was terrible. Yes. The visuals were unexceptional. This it was is just one like of those ones poorly. where the flotation moment to me is like when I think about the implications of the movie. Right. Of, it's not what I'm like. There's a chunk in the middle in the second act where that is all flotation. But moment. like I wouldn't but tell rest, anyone to watch this. The rest of it is I would tell everyone to watch. this. Oh, wow. Because it's fucking crazy. Why, though? It's just a, it's just like a simulation of like fucking your mom. It's not like a much of a movie outside Cause, of Because here's what I get hung up on, Dan, is how you say repetitive. Like, I'll, I'll yeah, fine. I'll, I want to say how surface level all of the B and C plots are of this movie. Like, basically, things that were presented with as a result of Jeremy Davies fucking his mom is that he's weird. He's even weirder about sex. Right. So he, he like, like rapes his girlfriend. He like kind of attacks Carla Gallo. Shout out Carla da- Gallo, star of which Judd Apatow is undeclared. <sighs> On top of a um, mom son relationship is a uh, college aged man high schooler relationship yes. that is very uncomfortable yeah. in this. Then movie. we have the dynamic of like Carla Gallo's mom. Like did Cat watch dad. this movie with you? No. no right? Okay. God, <laughs> right. I actually. I'm just making sure. La- last night when I was going to watch it, I was like, uh, I need to watch this movie for the podcast. She was like, Cool, put it on. I'll just read here. And I was like, I would prefer if you went to a different level of the house while I watched this movie. Um, yeah, it was disgusting. I felt bad about <laughs> so it. So there's there's it felt all like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie with no kills in it. Yeah, there's all these extra aspects and what really makes my imagination run wild gross is how much effort was put into finding ways that the filmmakers clearly found like justified Jeremy Davies' behavior and like made him more sympathetic of a character. Where there's not a single moment in this movie where I'm sympathetic to Jeremy Davies as a character outside of like him being like, oh, we can't afford to send you to college. I'm like, that's a bummer. That sucks for him. But the rest of it is just like, it's so, so like antiquated, toxic in terms of like 
what it's willing to bypass as long as it's the woman who's the victim. Like, the mom, like, punches Carla Gallo in the face and scratches her cornea. And basically, the conclusion of it is the dad comes over to be like, oh, you hurt my daughter. And then, like, by the end, they're flirting. Carla Gallo, like, one of the most, like, underrated, like, actors of our generation, I feel like. Doesn't get the praise she deserves for how many unbelievable movies she's been a part of or shows that she's been in. Um, I feel like she's just, like, not recognized for being, like, that great. And she's, oh, like, a weirdly bad actress, but, like, in right. an attractive way that's Did you ever interesting. watch Undeclared? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's killer in that. She is killer in that. Um, yeah. And she periods all over Jonah Hill's of course. shorts and super bad, iconic. She has a bunch of iconic, like, nudity, sex scenes yeah. and weird movies. Yeah, yeah. She's in 40-Year-Old Virgin, right. I think. Yeah, she She's in, in Forgetting movie. Sarah Marshall. Yeah, uh, she, she fucks Jason she, she is ridiculous super weird. in 40 is uh forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um so yeah, I liked seeing her. I like seeing Jeremy Davies, although him without a beard is absolutely harrowing. Jeremy Davies biggest MVP of this movie, Jeremy Davies Backney is I don't think I got a, gl- a glimpse at that. Oh my god, Didn't dude, it. it is breathtaking. <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting, dude. The scene. I after, didn't see it. After he fucks his mom, he gets out of bed and he's just Jesus kind of like Christ. leaning there, shirtless, being like, "Oh God, I fucked my mom." But yeah. even then, he doesn't seem that concerned with it. I was uh, maybe despondent at this point. I was like in a state of shock. I mean, the movie really is like a singular piece of art that is entire proof of our ongoing thesis that Jeremy Davies is just truly irresistible to everybody including his own mother yeah the man fucks um it doesn't matter who jeremy davies is getting his i think the only true laugh for me in this entire movie was jeremy davies starting a lawnmower (laughs) it was like watching an alien deal with a lawnmower for the first time that was incredible so you're saying you don't relate to just like laying around in bed on painkillers with your mom throwing cheese at a television and that being so fucking erotic (laughs) that just fuck. I am. Um, <laughs> you guys just fuck. Every justification. Absolutely not, Dan. Every, like, movies have clear rules. And one is that, like, if you're going to have something crazy happen, there needs to be a motivation for it and, yeah. like, a buildup. And this movie is just. This is one of those examples of a movie where whoever wrote it has no comprehension of how human beings operate except for themselves, and they are psychotic. Like, we are meant to buy, like, Jeremy Davies, like, just to give, like, the most basic rundown, the first 20 minutes of this movie, I don't know if you noticed, but, like, it is exceptionally presented as, like, it's like porno dialogue. Like, it's like, oh, your mom's sick, so I'm going to need you to take real good care of her. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of that. Uh, there's a lot of foreshadowing. And it just looks like shit. And and it sounds like shit. The audio recording yeah. is terrible. And the, the the score is very Chasing Amy-esque. Oh, for sure. It's It was view askewed. Yeah, it was, uh, there's just... Not great, Bob. There's, a, everything is just like, all right, Jeremy, da- the, the vibe is Jeremy Davies is upset because he is someone who's so smart that he can calculate, like, the area of a parabola inside a cone. That's, uh-huh. like, how we know he's smart. Yeah. His dad can't afford to send him to school. His mom's sick, so he has to take care of her. His dad does something that no father would do, which is like, as he flies home to take care of his mom for two days, be like, by the way, actually, you have to take care of her for the next year. And he's like, 
insane. He's like, okay. And also the movie is really bad at even presenting them as a family. Like I wasn't even entirely sure that that was his dad until later into the movie. Like his relationship with his parents is so detached and they start it at such a level where they don't call him son. He doesn't call them mom and dad. Yeah. So it's confusing what kind of schooling he's been through. What like, it's just like very scattershot yeah. and like college thesis. Yeah. So you might be wondering making. like, how do we end up in a situation where Daniel Faraday fucks his mom? And like, you would think a movie like this, that's like exploring pathos would like really develop that. And really yeah. what we're presented with is okay. His mom's in a cast. Uh, so he has to carry her to do stuff. Um, she's not even that hot either. I mean, she's hot, but like... <laughs> right, relax. Um, he, he has to carry her into the shower and like, hand her a sponge or something while she's in the shower. She has to hold on to him while she's showering. Really what they're trying to ship is that the only only reason that he this crosses into this realm is because he's so sexually frustrated because he can't jerk off because the dog keeps barking. So like like, what's your favorite criterion movie? Yeah, we're meant to buy (laughs) that like men are so not in control right. that like if they're like jizz backs and by up. men you mean david o russell yeah right <laughs> david o russell was in college he's like dude remember that time i went two weeks without jerking off i was ready to fucking put in my mom dude i nearly fucked my own mom so in a situation where any other rational human being would be like wow this is really like fucking with me yeah. psychologically that i'm having to care for my mother for the first time and she's helpless and like that's really that's sad and like most people would be like oh this is like gonna allow me to meditate on like mortality and like the the shortness of life instead we have jeremy davies who's like damn my mom's shoulders look fire right now (laughs) (laughs) so cut to jesus christ cut to their uh jeremy davies has a little attempted tryst with carla gallo where a high schooler she's like you're kissing me like you're gay and he's like, oh, I'll show you gay. And just like, like fucking rapes her. Just like attacks her. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, there's a world that exists in the middle of there. And he's only doing all of these things because he wants to fuck his own mom. Right. Which is fucked. Right. And because he can't jerk off. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, her dad calls his mom to be like, your Outrageous. kid raped my daughter. Insane. I would prefer if he doesn't do that again. And she's like, hey, Jeremy Davies. I heard that you attacked this girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the early 90s. That's not that big of a deal. But like, what did mm-hmm. he do wrong? And he was like, well, you he's know. reenacts it on his yeah, own Yeah, he mom. literally describes in detail the scene we just watched. And Which he's like, like forces him into having to touch his own Yeah, mom. and he's like, well, what I did was like, I touched her like this. And he just like gropes the shit out of her mom, his mom. And instead of being like, <sighs> instead of being like, first off, get out of my bed what you're doing is weird his mom's like well what you want to do jeremy is be gentle and starts like grazing the goosebumps of his arms and then she's like all right by the way i'm gonna lay on my stomach what i would love for you to do is to rub lotion on my thighs inside of my calf and he's like (sighs) yeah yeah of course i'll do that and uh of course i'll do that and he does that and she catches him staring at her bottom and she's like oh. i hate that you're walking me through this again i'm watching i'm walking the, <laughs> the listeners through. i don't think they need it but it seems like you're getting off on it so keep going because i like the next part a lot so uh <laughs> he he gives her the one massage on 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 
the thigh region. Ah, fuck. Then the next next time they're in bed together, he takes some of her painkillers, and they're being all loopy, and uh, they really are like getting off on the prospect of throwing cheese at the television, which is like really the most bizarre scene in the Such movie. Such a stupid scene. This Jesus is like Christ. this is like their bonding moment. This is this the, is like '90s food fight. Yeah, until cinema. this, it's a real will they, won't they? Except it's with a mom and her son, and it is immediately clear he's going to bang her. Yeah, <laughs> um, and she's like. I really love the way that you throw cheese at our television. Oh my uh, God. Could you please massage my thighs? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. Um, and then he does. And then she looks back at him and she hikes her dress a little bit, just a little bit. And then Jeremy Davies looks up and he just mounts her and fade to black. When I say most one of my most thankful edits in movie <laughs> history, the fade to black from that scene, I was like, get me the fuck out of here. This movie is really, when you think about it, like, how many pornos have you seen with this plot minus the throwing the cheese? Like, this movie is like a two-hour-long porno presented seriously. It is, but it's not nearly sexy enough or funny <laughs> enough to justify being something that exists. It's just a piece of smut. It's it's dark. So Jeremy Davies fucks his mom. Um, after that, his mom gets super jealous of him and like punches Scarlet Gallo in the face. Yeah, she punches his high school girlfriend like in the eyeball yeah. and scratches her cornea. And then the relationships at that point, it doesn't even make sense because Jeremy Davies is so distraught that like he calls his dad to be like, hey dad this is the, the almost the only interesting thing to happen in the movie after he fucks his mom which is like a 40 minute stretch at that point and it's him calling his dad and admitting all of this to him as like a flex though like against his flex, mom yeah like to be like but do, just, do what would... i want or i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna i'm gonna call dad he and just, tell him that we fucked after he fucks his mom he starts acting like a, a very erratic sad boy for the rest of the movie and just keeps like acting out and trying to kill himself and acting out in public and embarrassing his mom and like it's ultimately like bro he really turns you into fucked your mom yeah he turns into real like fucking like turns into his dad he turns into like sawyer like he's like it's not cool he's just like obnoxious as fuck all the time like in the way they show that like he's emo like psychologically having trouble grappling with the fact that like he hit his mom raw was to be like well, when he, yeah, he did not have a condom when he acts with his That's mom's friends, sure. he's just like mean to them. And like, if I would at, made... at that point, why include scenes like that? If not to be like, here's like, here's the, the psychological lasting effects of like abuse. But like, that's not what we're presented with as a movie. This movie is trying to throw so much into it to be like, look, I'm not just making a movie about a kid fucking his mom. Dude, ultimately this movie was like a, a John Waters movie, but not funny. And it just yeah. didn't, I didn't think it was like worth it, but um, it did shock me. But once that the shock faded, the the rest of the movie was just kind of inept and stupid. And uh, Jeremy Davies tries to kill himself by multiple times hanging himself, but the belt doesn't go high enough that he will actually hang. So he has to himself keep his legs off the ground. He's going into like cannibal pose. To try I to did kill appreciate himself. at the end when he is hanging himself. There is a catharsis moment where he is like, I can't even do this yeah. without being interrupted. That almost like felt like he was like bordering on a theme of the movie, right. but 
just wasn't but the, enough but, the, there. but then it's followed up by his mom finds him and you think they're she's gonna have this moment of like oh god look what i've done by like f- fucking my kid and then gaslighting my husband into thinking that he my his son is sadistic and we didn't fuck and then jeremy davies is like after killing himself over the guilt of having fucked his mom like then tries to a fuck her in the bathroom again and she's like again. she's like he starts like rape kissing her yeah and she's like stop dude there's one scene after she punches carla gallo on the face in the face she tries to attack him and he responds by just like ripping her shirt off and it's like like 50 shades of gray vibes and like what i needed at the end of this movie instead of him doing like the indie 90s link later like ending of him like getting in a truck and like yeah, driving off into yeah, the sunset yeah. was a cut to 10 years in the future and he is uh like has kids with his mom and yeah. lives in that house and is a businessman who sells videotapes right um that did not happen it started like an indie movie it went taboo it reverted then immediately back to being a shitty indie movie for the rest of its runtime I think I could do a four out of ten. That's about it. I don't recommend anyone experience this, but I do recommend you listen to this podcast. How many points do you give for it making you feel things? Four. It's for <laughs> solely the first time he fucked his mom. The rest of the movie, I what there's nothing there. It was just kind of like rambling '90s folk Americana nonsense, and then a dude fucks his mom and then the ending was like the inverse of the American indie college filmmaker of the time which was like super sad boy stuff like like walking around and just destroying your life and like just like unmooring yourself from society and fuck it man I'll just hop in a truck and head wherever yeah. it's just like fuck but that, here's man. where I'm caught up is that that's the ultimate payoff is like man Jeremy Davies is going to start his life finally without being under the thumb of his oppressive parents that's a that's a classic theme. That's an it's yeah. a it's a feels like a slight a, projection. It's a tale yeah. as old as time. But this movie chose to approach that theme by being like the way he can come of age is by coming in his mother, nice. and that is such a fucking move to make. Like, how does your imagination not go by like someone wrote this and then pitched it and then someone bought well, the script and then fucking they my, made the movie? My imagination goes to. I can think of better, more shocking things to have happened in this movie, but all they could get greenlit was just, at best, we need to have a justified story of a dude fucking his mom. They couldn't go that extra mile that, like, John Waters could go to. Right, right. um, And be something truly sadistic. Um, I think that's what... That's what's crazy about this, is the movie doesn't want to be sadistic. It almost... that makes it kind of, like, boring. It almost approaches it, like him fucking his mom is just another thing that happens and that's why this movie is so fucking crazy to me well I gave it the same rating as Scream 5 so you could just in your imagination imagine that I liked both of them and I thought they were both the same but this double episode record was bummed in walking into this one because I disliked both of these movies I almost feel like the fact that it didn't go John Waters level with it makes it way more offensive and way worse because mm. it's almost not approaching it like it's a taboo. It's just almost felt like unwilling to commit. It's almost presenting it as if like this is just another thing that can like fuck with a young man's life. Fucking your mom. Like you've never just like hung out with your mom and then just fucked. It like... was like Requiem for a Dream, but they were all fucking their mom. <laughs> Damn, what would you give um 1990 what is this 4? Yeah, 94. Huh. 94's uh 
Spanking the Monkey. A movie that I will say I did appreciate that we brought into the MBCEU. It is firmly at home here, like all of your selections for this podcast. I don't regret doing it. It just, like, didn't... Dude, I mean, I watched Dear Evan Hansen this month, and that movie exploded me. Like, I'm yeah, I'm see, trying to come down from that. I wanted to die watching that movie. I had a way <laughs> more visceral time watching this movie. Right. Uh, this movie, like... What I'm looking for from mo- from movies that like hurt me emotionally like this and Dear Evan Hansen is like something that after the fact is making me constantly think about like all of the people who made it and like if they need to be like put in camps. And this movie makes me feel that. Defend like, equality. Like the fact that David O. Russell went on to make one of my favorite movies and that Jeremy Davies went on to be one of my favorite actors as opposed to all of them be put in jail. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. And also, I read an interview with the actress who played the mom, uh-huh. which, get this, you want to know what the most recent thing she did is? Oh, God. She's in a Cat's Horse Girl show. Uh, oh, you're going to have to explain that now. And I'm holding a giant poster board, so can you give me your number first? I'm going to give this movie a 5.6. That's reasonable. Good job. Um, you didn't go too far up your own ass there. No, I don't I don't think it's a good movie. Right. But I think it's important to know when like famous directors have made things sure. of this nature. And I appreciate you bringing it to my attention because of that because I would have never seen it otherwise and now I know that David O. Russell's a fucking pervert. Right. Like I get people who I see people who are like David O. Russell is like a true auteur right. who like understands human <laughs> pathos and I'm like from real, that point of I'm view I'm like, "Well, enjoyable. have you seen Spanking the Monkey?" Right. Cuz the implications of there are that we all are one lotion massage away from just fucking going to town on our painkiller riddled mothers. <laughs> Dan and wait, wait, so I read the projection I, specialist with his choices relax. sometimes. I uh I put I read an interview with uh with the woman who played uh-huh. her and she's like this Canadian actress who okay. like didn't do a ton but she did some stuff I've seen her in something and I can't put my finger on it but I didn't IMDB her did you watch the horse girl show Dan no one watched the horse girl show it's been running for 16 seasons plenty of people watch it okay um anyway right. so she it was an interview where she, they uh someone asked her about like what what was your initial visceral reaction to when you got the script were you like offended like Blah, blah, blah. And she was like, this was the role of a lifetime for me. Um, The idea that a script could so centrally portray a relationship that's so taboo. I was like, what a challenge as an actress. This movie, what we have here is a classic American indie picture coming of age tale where we're just going to shove into it that the primary relationship is between a son and his mother. That is an actress's dream. Fuck yeah, dude. And that's why we never saw her again, huh? <laughs> yeah, because she's in prison. Yeah. Um, yuck. Any uh, <laughs> further thoughts, Dan? Do you have any trivia or anything you need to share about this one? That was the trivia. Okay, I good. I was kind of hoping that was the case. Um, yuck. <laughs> uh, I feel that if there's anyone who holds I Heart Huckabees close to their heart the way that I do, yeah. You should watch this movie mm. to see where that came from. There's something interesting <laughs> that, like, the person who this made is really this, his heart ate. Kevin Smith made Clerks. And that it's bad. And then went on to make the shit that he makes now. David O. Russell made this movie and went on to make 
Son of the Mask. No, the, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. The fighter? Like, fuck, dude. Yeah, like, right. How did he ever pull it together? But... How did... Dude, I, I'm actually surprised all these that ideas... Ben Affleck was not in this yeah, movie. All these ideas about, like... Sometimes I think about how ridiculous it is that people are like, Hollywood's just full of a bunch of sexual deviant fucking pedophiles that, Classic. like, are trying to take apart society. Like, but and then th there's this. And then there's <laughs> this, where, like, this guy got rewarded by getting the keys to the castle and getting to work with Dustin Hoffman. Like, it might be true. Someone, wa <laughs> someone watched this movie and was like, brother. Right. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> All right. Well, um, uh, I guess that's about it for me in terms of talking about this one, Dan. Do you uh, want to leave us with any? I don't want to do anything regarding family or. Yeah, I'm upset. Yeah, I'm going to give this just a solid. <laughs> uh, that's the end of the movie. <laughs> that's the end of the podcast. All right. Um. I had been <laughs> in. I had been. That's the end of the podcast. I have been bringing up the idea of doing this movie for forever. So, forever. Yeah. And like, I get that. Like, there's an aspect of like we've seen such heinous shit that like a lot of this was like boring to you. But this movie being something that I saw in middle school, it's an amazing cultural artifact. And, I'll give it that. And the fact. It is amazing. Dude, in that era, the amount of movies I watched on the Sundance channel that I couldn't tell you. Right. I think it happened on the... We had something early in season one where we watched something that I thought I had never seen, and I was like, oh, yeah, I did see this movie. Whereas, like, this, at least once every, like, year, it would pop into my head where I'd be like, remember that movie where Jeremy Davies fucked his mom? Wow. Like, it, like, buried itself into my psyche. Like, this is really fucked up that this was allowed to happen. <laughs> and then I... Dude, oh, yeah. Trivia. I was looking at reviews from the time like yeah, critical which reviews are very positive and it's like a lot of women giving this movie a 4.5 out of 5 yeah. and I, I miss women like that I don't know? know what to make out of that I miss the old days when America was great <sighs> and full of women being like go get him go yeah, fuck your mom I saw one woman being like the mom is like a feminist archetype of like hell yeah gen x 90s like we do what we want i'm like yeah if what you want is to fuck your kid a lot of aids talk in this movie there was one tons one, of aids talk one phrase that was like the most 90s phrase i've ever heard his mom who's also vested in the uh medical community in one, one way or another is like kids with aids that's the way of the future I was like, well, at least that's one of the most dated things I've heard on this podcast. Yeah, the one guy comes over to be like, hey, I heard you punched my daughter directly in the face. Uh, we might sue you. And she was like, you're a doctor? That means you can prescribe me painkillers, right? And he was like, Haha, yes. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Anyway. What a mean-spirited movie. <laughs> Who is there to root for here besides Carla Gallo? I'm Dan Lyons. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Good night. As Rachel said, what's the, what do we say? Goodbye. <laughs>